Jesus, we ask as we start this series that your 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 spirit will teach us yourself. We'll learn lessons um, so that we don't repeat the same mistakes, and we'll learn what we need to learn and move forward and move on uh, in our in our journeys with you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, my guests will be joining me soon. So, but let's just start uh, the book of uh, 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 the story of something. I'm always saying the book because we just finished the book of Esther. It was an awesome time. So, the story of something is just four chapters uh, in the Bible, uh, chapters 13 to 16 uh, of of the book of Judges. Uh, and this this young man uh, or this man uh, was one of the last judges before uh, um, before Eli before the kings started. I mean the prophets. I mean the priests, the prophets. Then the kings started uh, taking over the rule. I mean the leadership of of the people of Israel. So. That's it. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, just a little bit of background. Um, the figure of Samson. Uh, okay, yes. I think Jerry is here. Okay. I can't see you as one of the viewers. Uh, can you request to be part of the camera, Jerry, if you're listening to me? Just request that I, I bring you on camera. Uh, that, will, that will make me see you here, but I can't see you as one of the viewers yet. I can just read your comments. Okay, let's go ahead. So, uh, yeah, so he's different from his predecessors. Uh, that's uh, Samson. He's different from his predecessors. He's, he's, he's not the same as them in the sense that, number one, uh, he never had the courts. He never led an army he never judged in terms of uh i mean battlefield judgment or court judgment uh he never did any of those uh and he was a lone ranger and he he, he did a lot of things alone i'm going to learn uh, some lessons from that as well uh and he was an eminent believer i, I mean <laughs> Okay, maybe I should I should start with one my 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 previous bias uh, for something. I, I used to you know the only thing uh, for those of us who grew up in church, the only thing we could um, the only thing a lot of us uh, uh, could remember or could know about something was something and Delilah. That was the only thing, nothing else. Uh, and so. As, as as a child growing up in church, I used to wonder why would, why would people name their sons something. So I was in the choir and we were performing oratorios for those of us, um, for those of us who are who are musical oratorios are like the works of a storyline in the Bible uh, and it's done into music. That's just a basic uh, basic uh, layman explanation. So. We're performing several oratorios, um, uh, Elijah, Creation, Messiah, We're doing a lot of Israel in Egypt. Okay, yes, I've seen you now, Jerry. Okay, so, um, so we're to perform something. 
as an oratorio. I wonder how will someone write a song after something? I mean, the guy that did Delilah, it was just Delilah and oh, okay, Jerry, good to see you. Okay, I think you have to you have to put up your speaker so that it doesn't feedback. Yeah. There's a feedback. There's a feedback coming. Yeah, we're good now. Okay. Yeah, great, great one. So I was telling um, um, how my my uh, the story of Samson, my own version. Like I just I just uh, was to perform an oratorio on Samson, and I was wondering why will any any serious composer compose write a song about Samson? And one of the like more senior person in the choir then said. Ah, Samson was a great man. No, you don't. Uh, I say the only, because the only thing we heard about Samson was Samson and Delilah. That's the only story. Ninety percent. I, I start to be corrected. I've just thrown out statistics now. For a huge majority of Christians, that's the only story they know about Samson is Samson and Delilah. So, um, and that was what made me to start. Let me even study this guy safe. And how come that so they will not refer to him as a hero of faith in Hebrews eleven? I, will, I mean, who, who, who will do that? And uh, I, I can tell you that there are loads of things that we'll learn uh, from, from, from the character Samson. Um, without a court, without an army, he, he, he dealt a terrible blow on, on, on the enemies of, the, of, of, his, of his people. Uh, and he was, of course, um, it was an ardent believer. Um, uh, he, he, he had a Lone Ranger kind of a strategy to win his own battles. Um, and the, the other judges, another, another um, great difference, the other judges, their stories start at the point where they want to start delivering Israel or when they want to start going to battle or just preceding the battle. But the story of Samson started not even at his birth, started at his conception. And the only two other people in the Bible, the only three people whose birth was foretold, Samson, John the Baptist, and Jesus Christ. No other person. So this guy was a great man. And we're going to look at his greatness. We're going to look at how, how great a hero this man is. We'll look at his mistakes um, as well. Uh, so we'll just read the first seven uh, verses. But let me just tell you, the, uh, 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 in my own notes, I've divided the whole chapter 13 into five. Um, and I don't think we can do more than one to three uh, today. Uh, but I've divided the occasion of, of rising up of this deliverer. Uh, I mean, when the Philistines were, were oppressing uh, the Israelites, that's Number one, we'll discuss that. Number two, um, his birth was foretold by an angel uh, to his mother. There are loads of lessons in that. And number three, she relates the prediction to his father. There are amazing lessons we're going to bring out from this as well. And they both together um, have it again from the angel, who they treat with respect and to who um, their greatest amazement discovers 
his dignity at parting. They understood that uh, this guy is just not not just another man. There are lots of lessons there too, but I don't think we can get there today. Maybe next week we'll get to that uh, from chapter from verse eight. But uh, then and the last part, Samson was born, and we'll see uh, some lessons from there. So I'm just going to read from here verses one to seven. Then I'll just hand over to uh, Jerry to continue or to share his thoughts. Oh, sorry, I, I thought I had it open here. Judges chapter 13. So I'm going to read, uh, I'm reading NLT verses 1 to 7, Judges chapter 13. Again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for 40 years. Please take notes. <laughs> In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan, please take note again, his tribe from the tribe of Dan lived in the, in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you've been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful, you must not drink wine or any alcoholic drink nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from Philistines. Please take note of that as well. The woman ran and told her husband, a man of God appeared to me. He looked like one of God's angels, terrifying to see. I didn't ask where he's from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he told me you will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must not drink wine or any alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden food. For your son will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from the moment of his birth until the day of his death. Okay, so verses 1 to 7. Uh, let's just take a few lessons from there. Uh, let me start with you. Uh, over to you, Jerry. Okay, thank you very much. Um, uh, as, as a case of introduction, I believe what we want to do is to do a SWOT analysis on, on something. Mm. We want to see uh, his strengths, his weaknesses, his opportunities, what steps are, are, are threats to him so that we can learn from him. Yeah. And as you rightly said, um, I believe that Samson's case has not been presented to us very well. So mm. we don't have to picture overall picture of uh, his, his life and experiences. Mm. Um, I, I, would, I, would, I would say that Samson is a man of great strength and great weakness. Mm. Great weakness. So it's not as if he didn't, there, there was strength. Not, when I mean strength, it's not that, that he's a Paul Kogan. No, it's not, it's not that strength in that, in that aspect. When we say strength, he has strength. The, the, the power of the Lord was upon him. The spirit of the Lord was upon him on him that the Lord was upon him. So we would see these three things almost said determined that at some point that the Spirit of God continually stirred him up. The Spirit of God continually moved him. That is strength. That is strength. Uh, apart from the fact that he had, had some other weaknesses. So Samson is a man of great strength and, and great weakness. That that's as an introduction for us. But then let's start at like you rightly said um, verses one says something and they start to an action word. Uh, I, I want to call it an action word, though, because it says again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. Again, <laughs> uh, I, um, very, very, not very often, 
with uh, a Bible uh, staff with the again, word again. Yeah. And why what we that is that that should be my life. That would so somebody just start there and chat about that thing and just say again. You want to introduce the birth of someone and you say again hmm. because uh, the title of that verse is uh, in quote right the breath of Samson and you are saying again hmm. as again go to so we need we need to know what the background of again means. And what see that yeah. go ahead. See that the disciple of Israel of Israelite when it comes to the fact that they had judges uh, from Deborah, from Gideon, uh, also revolved uh, like a, a nitrogen cycle or nitrogen cycle. Uh, we have the committed sins from sin, they will go into bondage, from bondage they will repent, from, uh, from their repentance, God will deliver them, from God delivering them, if God will now bless them. After mm. they have seen the blessing of God, they will now get comfortable, they sin again. They repeat that same cycle over and over, over and over. It is at the stage of repentance God introduces of uh, introduce a judge for them, so that's on that person to come and deliver them. So that cycle continually goes. That is why the Bible will introduce and say again, um, King James will say, and, and the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord again. But NLT is saying again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. So understand that. Um, over again and God continually over and over again continually every uh, uh, deliver them because they continually repent them. Uh, our lives must not be like that. We must not continually uh, um, uh, continually offend if I may use that word. Mm. The Bible says that we should not grieve the spirit. Do not grieve the spirit. It is not uh, uh, the, the Bible also says in John that um, someone, uh, if you are born of God, you don't uh, make sin a lifestyle. Hmm. Now, making sin a lifestyle is not, is, is, is someone don't sin today and God, I'm sorry, you go back to it again, Lord, I'm sorry. No, you don't make sin your lifestyle. You don't make sin your lifestyle. No, you don't have Only a cycle of sin. Sin, sin, you go into bondage, repentance and the likes. Now, so, so, something struck my heart that says, because we, we might not know, after the first command, you will see that the Bible says that those so the Lord handed them over to these to the Philistines. But God is just doing uh, uh, God just handed them over in that in that like no. Now at the point that they are with God, God's hands is resting on them, God's protection is on them. So immediately you see, you don't expect you have broken the shield, you have opened them that bar. You have opened that wall for the devil to penetrate. Now, you must know, or we must know, that the enemy is always attacking, always. Hmm. But because the hand of the Lord is upon you, he's already protecting you. But immediately you offend God. Immediately you cause God to, 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 to be angry, in quote. Now, let's, let's note what, what I'm saying, in quote. Now, the hand of the Lord will be removed. So the protection is no longer there. So the enemy can have the, the temerity to now attack you. You can now be released to the enemy. No, but not, nothing is protecting you anymore. There's no shield anymore. The bulletproof that is now supposed to be there has been removed. 
So the bulletproof that was shielding the Israelites at that point has been removed. Mm. That's why the Bible says so. The Lord handed them over to the Israelites. So it's not as if um, God said, Oh, yeah, Israelites, come, we'll take home. They forbidden me. Come and deal with them. No. It's because the, the, the bulletproof has been removed. God's hand is the bulletproof. And so we must be careful at, 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 at always. Okay. And verse 2 says something that's. Uh, uh, well, still, still on verse 1. Uh, still on verse one, I just want to put a, a few uh, thoughts. Um, this uh, the Bible that verse one is always has been repeated. If you study the book of Judges, they are, those guys are never. It's like they are never learning their lessons. Are, so, if uh, you've been studying the book of Judges, that that sentence will not be new to you. That these guys are at it again. But something struck me: if there is no need, if there had been no sin. There will be no need for a savior. So the fact that something came up was because there there was a sin, and although uh, because the Bible says they were together, I mean uh, God handed them to the Israelite, I mean to the Philistines for forty years. For forty years, I mean that's that's a, that's almost a generation. Whoever, whoever was matured at the time of that battle will be going towards their old age at the end. So a lot of things are so when we when we allow God to when we allow our, uh, when we go into sin and allow God to use our enemies to punish us, God is eternal. Forty years is nothing. Forty years is less than a second to Him. You're the one that will suffer the time loss, the physical time loss. It's on you. Because I've seen people that, that want to, maybe they want to show God. They are beefing God and want to show God by committing so much sin. When the consequences of that uh, sin happens, you are the one that will bear it physically. So 40 years is not a joke. So, um, okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so that's on, on verse 1 for me. something that's troubling and uh, which is the fact that um, like you said we might not be able to finish this, uh, this chapter yet. So, so i don't want us to rush it now if there's no sin there is no savior yeah and i, I would believe that the reason why god um, uh, decided to send them that savior was because they already they were already repentant in their heart the, the, the art of repentance yeah. was, was always there but i must be very careful like i said that not to repeat that cycle. Mm. It should not be like that. I, I, I would have preferred in quotes. If, if, if Paul was around, that is Paul the Apostle, was around the time of Judges, he would have said, oh foolish Israelite. Israelite, I'm telling you. Why, why, <laughs> why, why, why repeat this cycle of sin over and over and over again? Because um, it's, 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 it's uncalled for. Because you see it in uh, the time of the Ebola, you see it in the time of of Gideon. When, when God wanted to even raise Gideon, Gideon said, God, why will you give it to us mm. this kind of uh, situation? Mm. As they say, you are with us. I, after all, all we have done. Mm. And it's, it's very good. And verse 2 says, uh, in those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan mm -hmm. lived in the tribe of Dan. Now, tribe of Dan is very struggling because he might not have struggled, but I went back to the uh, to, to Gideon, yeah. and 
Gideon is not even acknowledging that he was from Manasseh. He was from the smallest in Manasseh, mm. and his family is the least. Mm. You, so we continually see that God continually uses those people that are small in themselves. Now, we must know that we must remain small for God to use us. Now, let's, let's, let's see ourselves. Manuah in Hebrew means rest. Now, God has seen that this man always rests. He doesn't, there's no, he's not the kind of person that, uh, that wants to strive for, for relevance. Now, Manuah comes from the tribe of Dan. The tribe of Dan is not there. Uh, is not like the tribe of uh, of, uh, of Judah that you know the tribe of Dan. You, you want to know the, the tribe of Dan is not the, that, like the tribe of. Uh, imagine the tribe that 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 that, uh, that Saul came from, King Saul, mm. Benjamin. Mm. They were smaller tribes mm. compared to Ruben, the bigger tribes. No, Judah, yeah. They were smaller tribes, mm. and God continually recognize them. So, no matter how small you are, you are big in the hands of God. Mm. God does not consider number. Mm. God does not consider that uh, you have to be plenty in God for Him to use. You have to be small for God to use. So, let's remain small for God to use us. When we are small, it, it, it is even easy for God to use the smaller person than for God to use the bigger person. Yeah. Because You're right. once you are small in the hands of God, He can take you to where He wants to take you to. Mm. But once you are big, because you are big, so it's already big. But once you are small, I I I believe that, that that's a very striking. But I don't know what you have to say, sir. Okay, uh, yeah. From the tribe of Dan, um, let's look at why why Leah named him Dan. Um, Genesis thirty verse six. I'll just read from here. Um, sorry, Rachel. Rachel named him Dan. If you remember, let's a bit a bit of background here. Rachel and Leah. Uh, Jacob loved Rachel. Uh, didn't really love Leah. So when Leah finished having birth, he saw that I mean, uh, and Rachel couldn't have uh, give birth. Rachel would give a servant to Jacob for the servant to have to sleep to have, to be pregnant. So, so we carry that child. So that's how they've been doing. So when Leah saw that. She, she could no longer have children, so she stopped giving birth, started giving her servants to, to Jacob to start having children for him. So that's how, that's just the whole scenario. So, so they can understand why it is Rachel that is naming him here. So Rachel named him Dan, for she said, God has vindicated me and heard my request and given me a son. So even though it was a servant that was giving birth now, so she, she will collect the son. So, uh, Dan actually means vindication, means judgment. When Jacob was dying, the blessing he proclaimed on Dan was that you shall judge and Dan shall judge his people. So, yes, uh, so you can understand, okay, why the Bible is actually making reference to that tribe. It's from a tribe of vindication that will judge. That will judge. And another thing that is really, really um, uh, key here, we're going to make use of this fact in the subsequent chapters, but I just want to lay it there. Now, the tribe of Dan had their land allocation next to the Philistines. They are, they are, they are uh, what's it called? Um, 
their own bound they were the boundary it was the tribe of that that had a boundary to the philistines so it is easy for anybody in the tribe of dan to be strolling into the country of the philistines so that was why and they were coming in and going out so they had this kind of a thing so uh that's about that uh, uh that's in verse two it was from the uh, tribe of dan and then um his wife manuas wife was unable to have children now something i have known from history from the bible from some of the few experiences i've seen in my very short uh time on this planet is that people who wait on god for children always always end up having children of promise as in it is almost always automatic Isaac, Joseph, Samuel, John the Baptist, Jesus Christ. I mean, I thought John the Baptist, not Jesus Christ, but John the Baptist. They always came from the womb of mothers who had been in the waiting room. So this is just to encourage someone today. You are in the waiting room and it's, it's, you're discouraged and, and, and you're just thinking and praying and trusting. And it seems that God is not answering your son of promise will come forth in the name of Jesus. And uh, I, I want to also believe that it is people who have waited that can embrace mercy. I mean, if it was a young girl that got pregnant on a wedding night and the angel is telling her, don't drink wine, don't drink. They will come and start doing aspire to perspire. They will start giving the angel the reason why. I, I mean, <laughs> so God knows how to package things for people. He knows who to package it for. So you're in the waiting room, especially those trusting God for the fruit of the womb. The Lord will answer you today in the name of Jesus. Okay, so um, Jerry, are you there? I think the net network. Okay, he will join us. So yeah, so mercy's waited for is often often proved signal mercies, and it is made to appear that they were worth waiting for. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to look at it, look back, and say, yes. It was worth it. The wait was worth it in the name of Jesus. You're waiting for the fruit of the womb. You're waiting to get married. You're waiting for one, one breakthrough, one miracle or the other. By the time the prayers come forward in the name of Jesus, by the time the answers come forth, you will look back and say, yes, it was worth the wait in the name of Jesus. Okay, so yes, and then it, it also helps people. I mean, when you share your testimonies, people will know that wow, God is always, always, always faithful. Uh, so Jerry will join us in a bit. I think it's just network glitch there. Number two, uh glad tidings brought to his mother. That's from the angel, or she thought it was a man of God now that she would have a son. Now, um, this was a man of God, I mean, uh, was an angel, but appeared as a man. But probably she would have thought, oh, this is a prophet or a man of God, because the angel, um, although some people, um, 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 some 
Bishop Patrick, one of and some other people have, have, have suggested that this was Jesus. The man that appeared to Manoah and his wife was the word of God, was Jesus. Uh, uh, because in verse 18, we'll do that next week, but in verse 18, when they asked of his name, um, he said his name is wonderful. And Isaiah said, as that's one of the names, Isaiah called Jesus, that his name shall be called wonderful. So uh, they, they, okay, it's, it's, it, it could be Jesus. But when we get to that, uh, to verse 18 next week, uh, I'll, 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 I'll zoom in on that a, a little bit and say some other, on my personal opinion and some other opinions on that as well. So, um, so this, my, uh, uh, so this, this guy, uh, Samson was sent, not just for the sake of the, of the parents. Yes, the parents have been trusting God for the fruit of the womb, but he was sent not just because of the parent, not just for the sake of the parents, but for the sake of his country. For the sake of Israel, he has to be born. So the one that you've been waiting for, the, the answer you've been waiting for, will come not just for your sake alone, but for the sake of those whose lives and livelihoods are dependent on it. Those who you are of who like uh, if this doesn't happen now i'm doomed like there are people there are people waiting there are prayers waiting to be answered for your sake there are prayers waiting to be answered the the, the solution that you've been trusting god for the answer to your prayers is the answer to a lot of people's prayers but as in when it comes to you a lot of people are going to be saved a lot of people are going to be delivered from their pro from their from their predicaments the same thing uh is the birth of of something here um it was to be a deliverer for the sake of to be born actually for the sake of israel uh and also is it is a type of messiah is a type of deliverer uh okay i think jerry is back there are people waiting there are prayers waiting to be answered for your sake there are prayers waiting to be answered the, the, the solution that you've been trusting God for, the answer to your prayers, is the answer to a lot of people's prayers. But as in when it comes to you, a lot of people are going to be saved. A lot of people are going to be delivered from their pro, from their from their predicaments. The same thing uh, is the birth of, of something here. Um, so it was to be a deliverer for the sake of be born actually for the sake of Israel. Uh, and also is it is a type of Messiah, is a type of deliverer. Uh, okay, I think Jerry is back. So it's a type of deliverer because every Old Testament woman has been expecting that they will bear the seed of the woman. They will birth the Messiah. Every Old Testament woman. Because, I mean, Israel, okay, welcome back. Israel had it uh, in the Torah that uh, at the Garden of Eden, God pro pronounced the promise that uh, uh, the, the serpent shall bruise the feet of the woman and the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. So every Old Testament uh, mother has been hoping that they will birth the Messiah. So this is a typical, like this is a, like a forerunner of Jesus, like is a type of Christ that came a type of a deliverer. Number one, that is, is, is uh, his birth was foretold, just like the birth of Jesus and the birth uh, of John the Baptist. So, 
uh, great, great man here. Uh, and there are a number of lessons I want us to take from the message of the angel. Uh, from the message of the angel. Number one, uh, the angel took note of her affliction. Uh, so she understood that oh, probably this guy was a prophet. He doesn't know me, uh, but uh, he knows what's, what's, what I'm going through. So, but the lesson there is that God often sends in comfort to his people very seasonably when they feel most from their troubles. So probably at this time, you know, she was alone. Maybe she just went to the fields to think. And God sent this comfort. Yes, I know what you're going through. There's a song that says, He knows my name. He knows your name. He knows what you're going through. And at this time, whatever affliction you are going through, God knows. And I could just be the angel that the Lord is sending to say that, Yes, I know. I understand what you're going through. I'm there with you. I'm there at this time with you. Uh, so that's one lesson there. Number two lesson from the message uh, of the of the angel is that he assures her that she will conceive and bear a son. If you if you've been listening to me, I've said it over and over again. When a message or a prophecy comes from God, and there's no solution, there's no accompanying solution. There is every possibility that that message is not from God. God doesn't release prophecies to birth fears. God releases prophecies to, for solution. Oh, there's a, mis there's a challenge like this. There's someone going through this, but do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and you shall be free and you shall be delivered. So any prophecy that comes your way and it leads to fear without bringing up solution, without bringing up hope, Please, just disregard it. That is not from God. That is not biblical. It is not from God. So, she, she understood what she was going through and she gave a solution. You shall conceive and bear a son. And she repeated the assurance in verse 5. We're still in verse 2. And verse, okay, okay. That's verse 3. But let's, 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 let me hear you on verse 2. Maybe you have any other thing to say on verse 2 before we go to verse 3. Okay. My one of my in my study is on verse three. That says that the angel of the Lord appeared to man, man was wife. Now I would continually ask because um, this has been a repeated um, uh, um, line in the Bible that whenever they are expectant, um, it is the wife that always sees the visitation first. Mm. It is the wife that always sees the visitation first, and I've always checked why. Why? Why? Why is it the wife? Was it? Is it because um, husband has always been maybe uh, busy uh, with some other things? Is it because the wife is the expectant person and husband uh, uh, and is not being expectant? But we notice that um, the tribe of Israelites is almost like into the to the Yoruba tribe. I don't mean to say so. Because uh, we could see that most of the time the wife is pressured. Mm. The wife is pressured. So mm. we understand that, that the wife is pressured uh, during these times of um, their expectancy. And I and I, I join my voice to pray for every expectant mother. I join my voice with the voice of In the of name of Jesus. Father, yeah, that God will answer them speedily. Amen. God will answer them. 
God has a need for me. So let's let's quickly go ahead. Uh, okay, I'll just jump from verses three to seven now. Uh, let me just take it together. Then, if you have questions, please start typing it because time is almost up. Uh, so he assures us that she's going to conceive and bear a son. And I put it here that this is the show of power of the word of divine word. The strongest man ever was born by the word. Like <laughs> the strongest man ever was produced. By the seed of the word. So when someone speaks a word to your life, when a man of God speaks a word to your life, he is able to produce fruit. It is able to manifest fruit. And these words you are hearing today will manifest fruit, will show forth fruit in your life in the name of Jesus. Uh, so, and he appoints that the child will be a Nazarite from his birth. Therefore, the mother should be subject to the laws of Nazarites. Uh, I thought I thought I would really really zoom in on this, um, but may, I think maybe we will have a, a, a chance of doing it next week. Uh, why the mother should be a Nazarite? Um, uh, well, uh, number one, just a few things here because I, 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 I I'm having two opinions because the mother was given an instruction and she reviewed she related something else to her husband. Uh, we'll look at that next week, but let's look at why. Why she has to, although she's not taking the vow herself, uh, why she has to um, yes. obey the, the vow. Number one, uh, the deliverer of Israel must be in the strictness, strictest manner devoted to God as an example of holiness. And this is another thing that is, is proving that uh, uh, um, um, Samson is a type of Christ. Samuel was dedicated to be to the Lord, was dedicated to be a Nazarite by his mother's vow. Samson was instructed to be a, a, a Nazarite by divine instruction. Yes. So he's greater than these guys. He's greater than Samson. He's greater than... So you can understand how great this man is. The kind of opportunities, the kind of um, um, potentials that God has deposited in his life. 
This is a type of Christ. So other judges, and if you look at it, other judges um, corrected the apostasies from God. Oh, we thought Gideon said, oh, how can you be with us when this thing is happening to us? Uh, uh, Deborah and Co. You know, other judges, they, they, maybe after they've done the deliverance they wanted to do, they go back or they were formally doing something before they came to become judges. But Samson here was consecrated to God from the beginning of his life. So it's different from other judges. The other judges, they just, it was at that point of their life that they became judge and did whatever they want to do and then and we don't read about them again. But Samson was consecrated unto God from birth. So, um, so it's not just a ceremony. And, and I think God is, a lot of things that the, the Lord is telling us about the story of Samson. He's telling us about the New Testament, whereby our vows will not long, no longer be a ceremonial thing. A vow to be um, um, Nazarite, to be separated unto the Lord, will no longer be a... Uh, um, just for the ceremony, but yes, in, in inside our hearts, that it will be a decision now from not because we want to be ceremonially clean or ceremonially unclean. That all our lives we are to become Nazarites. We are to take that vow to be separated on the Lord. Let me read Numbers six two here. KJV. Speak unto the children of Israel. Say unto them, whenever when either a man or woman shall separate themselves. To vow a vow of Nazareth, to separate themselves unto the Lord. It is it's supposed to be a separation. So rather than the Old Testament way of, I want to separate myself unto the Lord for one month, and you take a vow of Nazareth for one month. After that one month, you can go back and start drinking and start eating and start doing whatever you want to do. But this is a typical uh, uh, foresight to the New Testament that. This is no longer a ceremonial thing. This is no longer a on and off, one day or one day off kind of a thing, or one month on, one month off kind of a thing. This is all the days of your life. You shall be separated unto the Lord. So that shows how powerful, how, how much of potentials uh, is in this man. Uh, so he, well, he had his own, by divine appointment, his own, uh, unlike, unlike Samuel, who had his by his mother's vow. Uh, you want to say something because uh, time is gone though. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, okay. Can you hear me? Yes. So I, I, I believe that take time, maybe not, not much time later, to go to Numbers chapter six. Okay. So I would analyze, to analyze the Nazarite law from verse one. Mm. So we can fully understand what it means. So maybe, maybe we should stop. Maybe we should stop here for tonight. In this verse, wow, we can only do three verses. Wow. <laughs> oh, I mean four verses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are you supposed to take our body today? Are you not supposed to take our body? 
Now, now you yourself you be able to, to separate yourself. So if you are if you have been singing the song that you have been chosen generation and a royal priesthood, now if you go back to look at root word Nazarite, understand the Nazarite means hmm. I believe we should do that study properly. And so that, that answers a, a whole lot of uh, apologetic questions yeah. on, uh, on, on alcohol. Okay, uh, I think we should stop there. Verse 5, yeah, I think we stop. In, we'll continue from verse 5 uh, tomorrow. I mean, on uh, next week, from verse 5. Uh, next week. Uh, thank you. Do you have any question? Any question, anybody? Uh, so I'll send out the podcast as usual, uh, but we'll continue from verse 5 of chapter 13 uh, uh, next week. Uh, no question. I don't think there's anybody typing any question. So let's just say a word of prayer as we close. Uh, Jerry, could you please pray for us uh, while we close? Father, in the name of Jesus, Amen. Thank you for this time. Because we have recognized that a single word can change an entire destiny. Mm. We want you to speak your word onto our life this night. Your word that changes lives, your word that changes our destiny, your word that changes situation, so about situation that any one of us is going to speak your word. I want to change that situation right now, this moment in the name of Amen. Jesus. Every expectant mother, once again, that oh Lord, we pray that you Lord we answer them, speak in the name of Amen. Jesus. Amen. Yes, that is listening to this, that is going to even listen to people recording later on, that you Lord, you answer them, speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me just check if anybody typed any question. Uh, okay. Thank you. No questions. God bless you. Uh, I'll see you next week by God's grace. I, uh, you today will have joined us by next week. Trust me, you want to meet here today. She's an amazing, amazing teacher of the word. Uh, so thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you so much. Will you be able to join us next week or uh, is wedding bells at that time? Jerry is getting married next week, guys. So, okay, no, no <laughs> problems. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir.